All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Notable Nashville Podcast. I'm sitting here with B. James Lowry, who has quite the musical resume. He's featured on millions of recordings, including Grammy winners, multi-platinum number one singles. So thanks for joining me, B. James. Great to be here, man. Yeah, for sure. So I want to take it back to the beginning real quick. So where where did you grow up? I know Nashville is probably not not your home. <laughs> well, it's, it feels like home, but yeah, I've been here for that long. Um, so I grew up on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Okay. So I was uh, a uh, a classic beach bum kid, a do nothing beach bum kid. Um, you know, growing up on the Gulf Coast. Uh-huh. So. Um, which I mean, you know, I still love, you know, and love to visit. I still go down there and, you know, go fishing offshore and stuff, yeah. you know. So, you know, we or, have a saying in Florida once you get sand in between your toes, you're never the same no matter where you live, right? You know? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Were you ever a surfer? Did you get into surfing? I did, but, you know, on the on the Gulf Coast of Florida, anyone who lives down there, I mean, they, they can, they can uh, validate this. Um, we didn't get the except when a tropical storm or something was coming. We didn't get the really big waves like they go uh, on the East Coast. Yeah, the Atlantic is definitely where you want to be in Florida to surf, you know. But uh, I mean, for us, it was still fun. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I got clocked a few times, you know, with a the surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. They're big enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, was guitar playing always always a passion of yours, or when did you start to pick up the guitar and be like, this is this is my thing? That's a great question. Um, I think I, I kind of went in and out of my... I loved music, uh-huh. first of all, before. So it was music before guitar, okay. you know. Um, and um, and so I, I really kind of drifted in and out of my love for guitar in the very early years. You know, I was probably, you know, like, I mean, just a pup, you know, eight, nine years old. Oh, wow. But about then is when I picked up the guitar, about nine and uh that's when the light bulb kind of came on you know so um so as young as nine you were like man this is this is it yeah i was i was plunking and plinking and driving people crazy for about three (laughs) years from about nine yeah that's awesome yeah so you you said music came first and i read that some of your influences included james taylor which was my first concert by the way oh cool really yeah yeah um, good, you know, good first one to have, man. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was an experience. There was a lot of hippies, you know, smoking herbs that I'd never heard of before. <laughs> Shocking, <laughs> unthinkable. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, along with Prince, you know, Purple Rain, one of my favorite albums as well. Yeah, uh, great record. Yeah, um, you know, the greats like Van Halen, Keith Richards, Jimmy Page, all those guitar gods. You know. Yeah, um, definitely. But uh, could you tell me a little bit definitely. about your kind of uh, upbringing of listening to music and? And what, what kind of got you passionate about it? Yeah, I mean, you know, my dad played, you know, a little bit. And, uh, you know, to pay tribute to him, I mean, he he was uh, probably the first person to show me my first couple of chords, you know, on the guitar. And um, so I always had music in the house, uh-huh. you know. And, um, um, but, and I was also exposed to a lot of music. Um, you know, in the town where I grew up in Florida, because we actually had a lot of music around at that time. I mean, um, uh, you know, bands traveling through there, headline acts, as well as what we would call a B act, you know, or a co-headliner or an opening act that went on to be, become very famous. And um, so I guess really sort of in, in total, um, 
I was always around music a lot uh, and um, tried to play in band in school. Like, and I just, you know, um, you know, brass instruments and woodwinds. I just never gravitated to them. Yeah. But but it was sort of it was all part of the genesis of me, really. You know, um, um, kind of feeling music on a very cellular level. Okay. Guess, you know? So, um, but we had a great rock station in town. Uh, and a great R&B station in town. And um, so I listened to everything. I was very much a sponge. Okay. You know, I was growing up. And uh, I, was the, I was the goofy little kid that had the, uh, had the radio that he would hold in one hand while riding his bike and holding the handlebars in the other hand. There you right? go. So just that image, if you will. Okay. That was me. And um, I had a few scrapes to prove it. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't do this at home, kids. Uh, but um, um, so I soaked up music early on. And um, once again, it, it wasn't just any particular style of music. I mean, I love James Brown as much as I dug Led Zeppelin. But I also liked, um, you know, some things that were maybe more traditional, even like country stuff, you know, uh-huh. uh, which my dad, that's really kind of what, he was into, you know, uh, um, the classic guys, you know, George Jones, obviously, yeah. you know, and um, and uh, Conway Twitty, probably, you know. But, of course, I heard Elvis in my household, oh, yeah. to which I have a story maybe I can relate to you here in a little bit about that. Okay, that, yeah. That's really like full circle. But uh, so um, early on, man, I, I, um, I probably consumed as much music as any kid could in a 24-hour day and still have a school life and, um, you know, a childhood friend's life. Because once it really took, I mean, I was... It was a lifestyle. Music was just Yeah, man, I would do anything to play in a band and um, I would have... I'd have these moments of like epiphany, you know, even where I I would be um, listening to records in my room uh, at home, you know, and I mean, I could actually visualize myself playing that music on stage, you know, and, yeah. I, and, and that's probably, um, you know, they say that if you, if you can do that, you can visualize what a goal is in life, right? I mean, you hear some of these life coaches talk about this now, even today, that that's, that makes it really attainable. And so for me, it was real. It was something I knew I was going to do on some level because I, I was just always around music and watching music and going to concerts and uh, getting snuck into clubs before, you know, I was legal, yeah. right? You know, when friends would take me in to hear them play and, then, you know, they'd have to, like, hide me over in the corner <laughs> and stuff, you know, it's so, like, yeah. Well, uh, we were talking before we sat down about vinyl and how, you know, new bands and artists are coming out with, with vinyl. Was Did you consume that as well? Did you go to the record shops and buy vinyl? As Heavy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, heavy. Of course, now I don't know. I don't know as much about um, the marketplace. Uh, if I'm not sure it's really this way now, but you know, we, my friends and I, we would trade vinyl a lot, and that's how you got to listen because, um, you know, that was a quite a bit of change to dole out in the day, yeah. right? You know, to go buy by a full LP mm-hmm. so we we shared we, we were sharing before there is sharing or was sharing you so know real if you music will. sharing yeah music yeah hand to hand sharing <laughs> right you know but uh, analog sharing you might call yeah. it but uh, 
Um, we did, man. We had, um, I had the good fortune of even friends of mine that weren't musicians, you know, I mean, that consumed music like I did. And, um, you know, so we, we would, you know, trade, you know, I'll trade you a Led Zeppelin, man. Yeah. You know, could I, could I listen to that Pink Floyd that you've got, you know, or that your, your parents bought for you for your birthday uh-huh. or whatever. So we, anyway, uh, That's pretty si- cool. silly example, but yeah, I did. And, um, I'm very excited that when they, when the word came out here a couple of years or three years ago, I guess it was now, that they were reopening um, some of these plants, um, you know, to, to begin making vinyl again. Yeah. I mean, that was big news, I think, for a lot of people because it, um, you know, it's still a small percentage of the marketplace. But mm-hmm. for me, man, it's very welcome because we consume all these great things we have available to us, you know, yeah. in such mass quantities. It's good to see something that's somewhat nostalgic, you could argue, yeah. you know. And it's limited. And limited, yeah, which I think is part of the demand, you know, yeah. is kind of supply and demand. Is, I mean, where we are with vinyl is a great example. Yeah, because I, I got into it late in the game, but I mean, you as, did. Uh-huh. as an adult, you know, it's, it's really relaxing to just pop on a a good LP and so when did you first discover vinyl like really um so I went to school at Belmont and uh Mm -hmm. you know it was a big music school and you know Grammy's record shop I really love Grammy's yeah tried to get them to sponsor the show but I got I got turned down on that sorry Grammy's but uh well there's always tomorrow man yeah there's hey Grammy's come on (laughs) you cats get it together man. yeah Yeah. so I I discovered that record shop and then just kept going back and they had live in-store performances and I just fell in love with uh, you know the real physical um, sound that it that it produced is that I couldn't get out of CDs or digital. So yeah, I just really fell in love with that. So have you? Uh, this is the uh, interviewee uh, asking yeah, a question to the interviewer. <laughs> so do you get so deep as the actual experience too of like you know checking out their artwork you I know, do and you're in the I, credits and you're really inside the music that way I do yeah I mean Great. a lot, a lot of these Great. LPs will have really cool artwork inside um, you know I, I, I like uh, probably one of the best uh, packages I've ever bought was a Kanye West I know a lot of people have mixed feelings on him but it was a Kanye West um, uh, LP that had a bunch of different artworks uh, that he had made inside of it there was probably about 10 of them oh, cool. um, but it was really cool to just kind of foam through that and see how it would uh, you know make the packaging different. yeah so how so, was that how is his music on vinyl because i'd actually like to hear that uh, um, i bet it'd be different yeah it's i mean i i think that you know hip-hop and r&b and stuff sounds really good on vinyl just because it brings out the bass oh you know, yeah the, the the lows but yeah um i've got i think i only have the the one I can't I'm forgetting the album name of it, but I've only got one Kanye West. Maybe we could spin it uh, during the show, but I'll try to find it here. Yeah, man, because I mean that you know that music, the way it's created. Yeah. You know, and and most hip hop and R and B, of course, you know, I mean, it, it's programmed, you know, obviously. So it's sort of interesting. It's sort of like doing an a, uh, you know an A to D converter and a D to A converter is I yeah. guess right sort of going in the opposite direction of flow right to hear something that's totally digital as far as the way that it was created in the studio oh yeah then to be put on an analog format I like I like it to hear it you know yeah. and I'm glad to see people are playing with things like that too man because I mean we you know we we kind of need that you know invention 
right now, if you will. Yes. You know, for a vinyl. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm all on board with it, man. I love it. Love cool. vinyl. Um, you can't put a thousand uh, LPs on your phone. Exactly. But uh, man, one LP sounds so much better than any MP3. Yeah, you can't any, beat it any day. Yeah, yeah. So we we got the upbringing. Now I want to fast forward it to what brought you to Nashville, or how'd you end up here? What brought me to Nashville? Well, you know the the Titans drafted me back in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to I do catering. They they, they drafted me to do catering. Uh, you know, man, I I had an opportunity. I told you, you know, my my hometown uh, was really kind of a mecca for bands traveling through my town mm-hmm. you know we had a, we had a few really cool venues uh and obviously you know local um like municipal auditorium i guess you know the, yeah. um for an analog old school term and um so i met some people i was very active you playing out at that time anyway and i got a job offer um to come here so it was really kind of a a trial balloon you know uh, my parents agreed to it and uh, my dad more than my mom and but my dad was like me i mean uh he was he had gypsy in his blood mm. so i mean he he knew i could always come back home yeah. but um how old were you at the time i was actually 16. oh 16 wow yeah but i kind of proven my mettle by that time too um in terms of being responsible being accountable i don't think that there were ever any you know maybe a few but uh there were going to be many concerns that i was suddenly going to have a heroin blowout or something <laughs> you know because i i was as you know as a teenage boys go i was you know mildly responsible and accountable okay you know for things i did and, and but uh but you know and i came up here and tried it and then i then i actually went back home for a while before i actually moved up here for good okay uh but um yeah, I mean, it's, it was it was clearly about the music business, you know. And um, at that time, just touring, it, um, recording and stuff was not even a twinkle, you know, wow. in my eye at that time. It was just really, I just had to get out and play live. Yeah. I mentioned at the beginning of the show all your, you know, multi-platinum hits and Grammy Award. What I wanted to ask you if you could tell me what was your first, like, big break in the music industry where you were like, wow, this has, like, opened up a lot of doors for me. Oh, wow. Um well, I feel like I've had three different careers, you know, first off. Uh, my first career was heavy, heavy, nonstop touring. And uh-huh. that, I mean, if I really had to break it down um, to your question, it would probably be, um, I got a, um, a phone call um, from uh, one of the guys with the Oak Ridge Boys, which okay. is, you know, those guys are, right? Yeah. And um, that was probably the first really huge break for me in terms of, I mean, it's the Oak Ridge Boys. Yeah. I mean, at that time, uh, people probably forget this, at that time, they were really the first Nashville act to do the the mega lights and sound on their, you know, on their... Like uh, arena, light, arena light, lights Yeah, man. I mean, and they, I think they were using, like, um, the uh, very lights from Genesis, Phil Collins oh, band, wow. yeah. I mean, it was a really big deal. So, um, so there was that. Uh, but man, I couldn't. I would probably be remiss and leave out people that 
deserve to be mentioned if I said any one break because it really no, has been. No, I understand. It's a consecutive string of, yeah. you know, it's sort of um, osmosis a bit to, you know, you know, once you kind of get things going like in any career or any business. Mm-hmm. Really. But uh, that would have been probably the first real huge opportunity, I okay. would say. And, but yeah, you've really been, you know, a driving force in the country music world. I see, see some of your your credits on, you know, like Darius Rucker, Luke Bryan, Reba, Blake Shelton, Kenny Chesney, all these big names. Um, Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, me, me neither. I, I was like, who, who is this? <laughs> no. yeah. But uh, I, I want to see if you could maybe play uh, maybe a, a little snippet of a song that you've recorded with one of those people or something that stands out. Oh, see, I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen because uh, they're, they're actually putting up a new website for me i think this week and we were going through this very thing and it's like oh man and they said so should we put this up i'm going oh man you know i forgot I even played on that you know kind of stuff uh-huh. I, uh, i'll tell you what i can do oh uh, yeah let me see um i mean you really put me on the spot <laughs> or so you can or this, you can play just what, whatever's on your heart right now you know i'll tell you what um this was actually one of my favorite records ever played on and um it was Kind of a comeback record, uh-huh. a bit for this artist, um, and it just so happens that uh, this tune won. I think she won Female Vocalist of the Year, and also um, it was either Record of the Year or Song of the Year. Forgive me okay, for not okay, remembering. Okay, don't tell me. I'm going to try to guess it. Okay, I'm, I'll playing. tell you. What, how about this? Why don't I play? I'll play the intro, which okay. is me. I, I play this on nylon string guitar, uh, nylon. Right. Steel string, right? But you tell me if you can recognize it. Okay. Uh, see. See. Yeah. I, I can't put my finger on the name. This I, that's, that's not the title. You're, you're way off. I've heard it. <laughs> I've heard it before. Okay. <laughs> That's the intro. Okay. It was Leanne Womack. Okay. And it was um, I May Hate Myself in the Morning. I, I I don't recognize the name. I'm not a huge country fan, so don't don't uh, hurt Understood. me. Understood. But, I mean, I have heard that before. So that's, that's saying one so thing about Leanne I'm not so much either. Maybe, but, <laughs> no, um, yeah, she, uh, the record you probably will know is I Hope You Dance. Yeah. I have that was her. I have heard that. That was her big crossover record, and uh, this was um, after that record, probably by oh man, a couple or three years, because I played on another record in between these. I didn't uh-huh. play on dance, but um, there was another record we did in between this, and uh, they um, actually came back to more of a uh, traditional sound. In fact, I dare say that's one of the more traditional i'm not really known for playing traditional guitar parts and that's pretty traditional riff i just played but uh, um it turned out to be a huge record for her yeah you know and i think um you know which is often the case with a lot of artists because she is a great artist in fact i mean she's uh, leanne's one of the best vocalists best well one of the best singers and translators of songs i've ever worked with so hey leanne if you're listening but uh man that'd be cool um, if she listened. in the in the <laughs> in the dolly pardon 
sort of idiom of things, you mm-hmm. know. Um, in, in that in that world, I mean, she's got one of the greatest country voices, I think. Ever. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and that day when we, when we tracked that tune, um, uh, a little backstory. Some days you just know that they bring in the right song, and I uh, say they, you know, meaning uh, the producer and the artist and uh-huh. the record label and management. They've all they've all picked their songs ahead of time, done pre-production. So whenever we heard that song, the moment that Leanne got on the um, got on the mic and started singing, it's like you didn't know how big. I mean, you can never predict that, you know. But when she man, opened her mouth, you just like, knew you knew this was it. you knew this is going to be something, and you knew you're making a part of history. Yeah, you know, or you you're you're going to be a part of history. Uh, probably better said, and uh, and. So that you love days and you, and you live for days like that, you uh-huh. know, because if they're not as common as you know people might think. They're yeah. really not. And so, but whenever you, the planets line up just right, you know, and everybody we call it everybody's doing their job. The songwriters wrote the right song. Uh, the the publisher pitched it to the right person at the label. I, everything just fell in line, you know, and all the way to. You know, uh, we did um, um, service to the demo in its original, uh, the spirit of the song. Okay. You know, and then, of course, the ultimate thing, which is the song Singer Marriage. Yeah. Which to me, man, I mean, it could have been a thousand guitar players playing that intro. uh, But at the end of the day, it's about those two things. Uh There's a lot of great musicians, you know, but um, singer and song. That always rules to me, man, because I'm I'm very song oriented guy. Yeah, you know that um, is true. Yeah. So you said you worked on the on the road a lot, um, but you also were a studio. You still are a studio musician, but do you do you like one over the other, or do you like being up on stage and playing, or do you do you like the art of kind of putting together songs for people or working in the studio? I, I love both both for different reasons, man. I mean, yeah. uh, performing has always been something I've loved doing and i've played some of the biggest venues in the world in fact all around the world you know uh-huh. uh and uh but um creating in the studio is a it's a different skill set entirely and um one reason why i wanted to get much deeper into that years ago is because i wanted to challenge myself and prove to myself that i was going to be good enough to do it because i i've been studying records for all my life uh-huh. you know and uh, the first 10 years here i guess it's kind of a long way to answer your question but um you know i, I all i did was tour with people uh-huh. but so you're touring and in the real sense of the word unless you're in a band that also records it nashville speak the vast majority of the time you're replicating what somebody else has played on that record right right and it's with repetition, night after night. That's what you're doing. It's not your licks. It's not your your creative Writing. ideas. Yeah. You're just you're trying to be faithful to that record that you know the audience is accustomed to hearing. And so at some point, the light went on. I went, man. You know, I wanna I wanna be the guy, one of the guys creating this stuff. You uh-huh. know. So to answer your question, so I love both of them for different but for you know different reasons reasons, yeah definitely different reasons yeah yeah um yeah they're both they're both very rewarding 
and they also both can be can be like work some days traveling and the best part about about playing is the playing because the traveling is what you know it doesn't matter if you're playing playing to a hundred thousand people or a thousand people or a hundred traveling is tough you know sometimes you know and uh when you get to play for an hour and a half or two and a half hours you know max with a headline act it's um but now you know there's that challenge but the challenge of studio sometimes is that you're indoors all the time and in many cases you work in sterile sort of sterile environments not that yeah. the people are because that's quite the contrary you know but um but so they each have their their victories you know and they're fun things but they also have their downsides yeah. that's why i say i like them both you know equally but they they clearly uh, yeah they're not bring different things they're, to the they're different animals yeah they are well um i wanted to ask if you would be willing to play like one of uh like a song that you've written um maybe like a full song or maybe just a little snippet and i'll find the record and put it on for you the the kanye west record Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> a, a song that I've written. You're saying? You're yeah, just saying? Uh, play a little bit um, of the song, and I'll I'll look for that record and put let it me, on. Let me see, man. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll play something. Um, actually, I co-wrote this with uh, one of my pals, who's actually a guitar player in the band Tesla, Dave Rude. Hey, Dave. I know the song isn't complete, so don't hate me, but but I mean, it's got lyric and everything. So, but uh, but I'll play a piece of the thing. It's, it's okay, pretty cool. groovy, man. It's, we think this is kind of a kind of an homage to um, old acoustic rock if you will you know kind of meanders from there because there's like no that. lyric right you know like so, but uh um yeah it's a little kind of pagey sort of thing um you still looking for uh, for kanye uh, I, I found it i found it um i was listening to those tunes man that acoustic sounds so good what kind of uh, guitar is that man um this is actually a santa cruz santa cruz santa cruz um Made in Santa Cruz, California, of course. And this is a Koa, it's K-O-A, uh, wood, which you really can't bring into the country anymore. Uh, I mean, they have it, uh, you see it in the Hawaii still, awesome. but, but it's, lim- I say you can't bring it in. It's very limited supply of what you can harvest now. Okay. Because they pretty much raped and pillaged a lot of it years ago. So I've had this guitar... Um, Man, probably since about 2000, this guitar would Better be like unbelievably years. expensive wow. to make right now because the Koa is just, it's just hard. To, it's in short supply, you know. But yeah, this is actually the same guitar that John Mayer played on uh, on that first, on his breakout record. Oh, uh, on the uh, Room for the Squares? Same. That's one of my favorite records. Yeah, it's, it was this guitar, but his was, uh, same model, I think his was um, 
maybe Brazilian rosewood, but okay. um, yeah. I've riffed a few mayor things on this before. Sorry, John. Uh, because because <laughs> what, it, sa- did, it sounds so... Did John so Mayer ex- actually play that exact one? No, no, not, not this oh, guitar. Oh, not that one, but yeah, just kind of... Yeah. I guess that sounded misleading a bit. Uh, <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's but, awesome. I, I love I, this guitar. I've, I've cut a lot of hits on this guitar. Cool. I hate to make you tell the story again, but I thought it was a cool story about Rob um, and the, the painter who makes artwork on the guitars. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Would, I, would I, you mind I'm, telling I'm, that story? No, I, not at all. I'm sure... Um, a lot of the, a lot of uh, your listeners uh, have seen Rob Hendon, um, his paintings around town. He's the great guitar painter. Uh, you've seen his work everywhere, man, from like the Bridgestone to the Nashville Airport um, to uh, gosh, man, I just, restaurants and I'm trying to think where else. I think some government buildings too. And he paints for everybody. And what he does, he takes. He can freehand a painting because he, he just loves guitars. He's someone I actually knew that was in a different part of the music industry years ago. Uh-huh. And um, he started, you know, just kind of started doing this like a lot of great things, you know, do. And it was born out of his, his garage. And they turned it into a career. And he paints for everybody, man. I mean, I know he's done a lot, a lot of things for uh, Keith Urban and for um, um, Brad Paisley. And... Um, Anyway, so I have this guitar. What I, what I was talking to you about earlier is I yeah. have this guitar because you have a great. I guess we have to describe this. Marilyn Monroe. Picture, I love this yeah. Marilyn Monroe picture that you have. You know, it's black and white, just kind of like a charcoal type. Yeah, yeah. It's not too hard to uh, see what Jack Kennedy saw. But anyway, <laughs> so I digress. So um, I have this blonde J two hundred Gibson. Uh-huh. Um. And that's a big body guitar, lovely, uh, womanly shape, you know. Um, and so Rob said, man, let me paint some of your guitars for you sometime, you know. So um, I took three guitars over to his house, not even thinking. And he said, well, how would you like to do this? I said, man, I love purple. I just love the color purple, you know, rich purples and black, you know. And, and he said, man, no one ever asked me to, to you know, paint in purple. He said, but uh, he said, now I love purple. I just don't only get to do it a lot. So um, that guitar's name is Marilyn. That's why I remarked about your Marilyn, picture, just yeah. to kind of to recap for yeah. your listeners. So, um, and I have that on my wall. When I, actually, when he called me to come up, uh, look at the paintings, he had actually painted all three guitars that I that I brought to him. And That's he amazing. said, he said, I just got carried away. I don't know what to tell you. So I think a couple <laughs> of them. Or the other two went off to an auction, maybe at the Swan Ball or something. I mean, they're that wow. great, man. Amazing. And, uh, and you only or got some to keep big one? Huh? You only got to keep one of them? Well, no, I could have bought all three. Oh, but okay, I mean, then but, again, yeah. I could have paid for a vacation <laughs> to Tahiti, too. So <laughs> not that that's a bad thing. But So I kept Marilyn, and um, I'll, I'll have to send you a picture and show yeah, it to you. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love it's to see absolutely it. some of the most incredible work. and. I like the fact that he, um, he's he got his own style, and, and so it's Rob's style of your guitar, but you know for a fact, man, it's your guitar, and you're looking at it. And, it gives it personality. So, yeah, it does, man. I'm as proud of that as I am any, you know, um, platinum record or award, you know, and, and then some, really, because that uh, piece of artwork represents 
something that's helped me make a tremendous living, yeah. as well as contribute to the livelihoods of a whole lot of music artists. Yeah, that's you really know, remarkable. So it's, it's a little deeper kind of thing. For sure. Well, I, I really appreciate you you know, sharing your story and stuff, and uh, I'm going to put on the Kanye, Kanye West. And then, um, and then we'll we'll close out the show. But I want to see how it sounds on here. So here we go. All right, so there it is, Kanye West on vinyl, very wow, digital, man. but very, uh, very uh, yeah, nostalgic. The, yeah, but I love that period of of him. I you do know? too. Um, the the vocal stuff. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of auto tune stuff, uh-huh. but you know, in auto tune tricks, you know, but uh, Antari stuff. But man, um, the vocals on vinyl sound better too. They do. I mean, it really sounds like they're singing in the room next to you. Uh huh. You know, it's not all compressed, you know, even though it's probably compressed, you know, obviously at mastering and before mastering. But I think that's why I like it more because it's more of a live experience. Like I love going to live shows and yeah. when I don't get to go to a show, I'll buy the record. It's kind of kind of the same feel, if you will. Yeah, yeah. very much so, man. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Uh, I guess I have to go out and get that now. And I was trying, I'm sorry, listeners, I was trying to, you know, direct in input, but I was having a little hum, you know, B. James was helping me out, but we, you know, we got through it and you just heard what we were hearing. So I I apologize. Tell the truth, man. It was only like five cocktails (laughs) later. It it really was the longest. We'll be, we'll be right back, you know, in podcast history. (laughs) Yeah, it really was. It really was. But I guess we should wrap up, wrap this up. Uh, you want to play us out with a little ditty, and uh, you know. Well, I, so here's what I've been. Yeah. Okay. You know, what, what do you want me to do? Because like, um, I've been, I've been wh- working whatever. On s- I'm game for several whatever. things. So, um, but this, a friend of mine is in a very famous band. Everybody would know who it is. I probably not at liberty to be discussing uh, this. public about this <laughs> yet. But we've actually started a band, and uh, it's a pretty heavy duty deal. Um, and it's sort of my alter ego a little bit at, at work too, because I love, you know, I mean, some of my, you know, biggest influences are hard rock guys, mm-hmm. you know, and, and always have been. And, um, so, um, one of the things we were going over the other day was this, um, which is, uh, <laughs> You know what that's from? Yeah. No, I don't. That's the breakdown in Elevator, Love in an Elevator, Aerosmith. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're doing all this stuff, and then we're doing... Um, um, it's not It's not a tribute band, because I, yeah, I, don't, I don't like that. <laughs> do, do it's you, offensive have it's you offensive. listened to tenacious d the the tribute song this is not a tribute no or, or this is just a tribute this is good yeah it there uh, like it's jack black Steven. jack yeah jack black and kyle gas but oh it's the, jack black they, they, they have the even better song. yeah i i really i really <laughs> dig that they've been playing some festival shows too i wanted to go out and see them but um i haven't seen them live yet oh <laughs> i bet it's that's great man, yeah because he's really cool but so um as far as riffage goes, I mean, uh, like here's, everybody knows this, but, uh, 
So here's another thing, man. So I love, um, so I've been really trying to learn this piece and, and get all the minutiae and, and, and really all the details. So one of my favorite things as a guitar player, um, as far as people I admire, are rock guitar players that play really great acoustic guitar because, but their primary instrument is electric guitar, right? Uh -huh. So, um, they always play acoustic guitar different, you know, than real purists, um, like like folk guitar players, you know, and and uh, and blue and, and classical and bluegrass, yeah. you know. So um, so we've been kind of pouring through a lot of these real classic records like this, you know. And I came up with the. Um, um, <laughs> So, uh, the, uh, all that and then. Anyway, but in tune, I'm wildly out of tune. Anyway, so that's really been fun, you know, because um, you don't hear a lot of that uh -huh. these days where, you know, um, they're proficient on both, you know. Usually it's kind of an either or right. thing, you know. But um, anyway, so that's just a little. Uh, you got you got two for one on that one. You yeah, got, you got I, I a little appreciate it. B. James opinion <laughs> about stuff, but you also got a little riffage too. But exactly. Uh, um, well, where where can we check out your music? You got a website that we can that we can go to? You know, man. Thanks for asking. Yeah, this week actually, it's coming back. Um, uh, we have a new website that I think the landing page goes up in the next couple of days. It's got quite a bit of information. It's got me. And, it's got some very cool pics of me and some friends. You know. Um, okay. Uh, famous folk, uh, you know, um, a lot of rock pals, you know, okay, that I'm cool. sure your viewers would know, but it's yeah. bjameslowry.com. Bjameslowry, L-O-W-R-Y, right? Yeah, man. Dot thanks com. for remembering, and then thanks, yeah, it's, exactly. the, it's the Welsh spelling, Yes, you know, not the Scottish spelling, <laughs> but, but uh, um, yeah, and they're putting together, um, they're putting together these... Um, some YouTube videos, actually, um, and I'm not sure if we talked about this or not, but I actually have a a, uh, a web series TV thing that I'm producing. Oh, that I created. Um, I don't think we touched upon that. Yeah, it's like we're like in the middle, and that's we're in the middle of like website construction and marketing, you know, okay. heavy uh, times right now. And this thing is called Music Matadors, and it's very cool um, uh, in that um, it's a uh, I can't say what it's going to be on where you can find it but um i'll give you a heads up and we'll you maybe pass this on to your viewers in the future but for sure it's uh it's famous people that that uh, we take we, you know we talked about me growing up in florida and so we, we take all these you know famous music uh celebrities even though i don't really like that word anymore <laughs> uh thanks kim kardashian uh but uh <laughs> but um and we take them offshore fishing with with the best of the best charter captains out there, and they catch. I mean, they they tie into some of the meanest, toughest fish in the ocean. You know, 30, 40, 50 miles away wow. from shore, and then. Uh, but they also write a song while out at sea. They come back to Nashville 
and they perform that song at a local venue here. Uh, and I'll go ahead and give a plug now. One of those venues being Third and Lindsley. Awesome. I love My that. My friends over there, Ron Bryson, those guys. And, and so um, we're in post-production. It's almost completed. So uh, Music Matadors. And um, they're, uh, the launch is coming up here and probably within two months. But you'll actually be able to go see clips and previews um, probably within two weeks from now. Actually, Amazing. if you go to musicmatadors.com, Music uh, my Matadors. buddy, my buddy uh, Trace Atkins is actually our host. Wow, he's the host. Cool. Yeah, like the, uh, like only the coolest voice. Yeah, I'll you be know. on the lookout for that. Yeah, it's I, great, man. So, um, yeah, lots going on right now. Very so. cool. Well, thanks again for joining me and coming to uh, chill with me and listening. Anytime, to, man. listening to some records and uh, anytime you want to come back. Anytime, Jordan's got a, he's got a, got a cool thing going on here, man, and 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 I, I dig. I think it's hanging here too, man. This is very cool. Yeah, come back anytime. Yeah. Well, thanks again for listening. This is Notable Nashville Podcast. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Notable Nashville Podcast. A big thanks to B. James Lowry for stopping by, showcasing his incredible talent. Check him out on the web. And also, if you want to see some previous episodes, go to NotableNashville.com, all the socials. Until next time, this is Notable Nashville Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.